Okay. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, God, we come before you today, Lord. Lord, um, we give this time of lecture in your hands, Father God. Lord, we humble ourselves for you, Father God. Lord, um, you are our light. You are our guide. Lord, we pray, Father, you go before us and show us, Father God, the bitter roots that are deep-rooted in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our lives, Father God. Lord, um, as Rubiaka speaks, so Father God, Lord, um, Lord, help us to focus on you, listen to her, and Lord, and help us to have a humble heart, oh Father, to obey, oh Father God, to change, to act on the words that you speak right into our hearts, oh Father God. Lord, I pray, Father, anoint Rubiaka, oh Father God, cover her, Lord, and speak through her, oh Father God. And Lord, um, we give this time, Lord, into your hands again. Lord, we pray for the technology that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the technology. I pray, Father God, let there not be any distractions there, oh Father God. Help us to listen to your still small voice and obey your father i thank you again for this time i ask these things in jesus name amen amen thank you grace the lord has blessed us with an amazing psalm it is a long psalm but it is a great time for us to ponder and see the life of a wicked and the life of a righteous and to see how he has blessed us by opening our eyes that once we were fallen into the category of, of wicked and how he has restored us and placed the crown of righteousness upon us. It is so humble as I was reading on the, to the psalm and I was like, you know, 22 years back, all that the Lord spoke of the wicked belonged to me. But once I came into his saving grace, all that he speaks of, about the righteous I own it freely. It is a great privilege that the Lord has given us to see through the sound and where we need to put a line and make sure that we don't cross it. So Psalm 37. This Psalm, David encourages us to look at the bigger picture and not the smaller. When we have a short view of life, we will have a bitter life. Instead, the Psalm teaches us how to have a long view of life and have a better life. David is speaking to people here who are trying to cling to God's word and God's ways through life, but keep getting cut off by people who take shortcuts. People who care nothing for God or anyone but themselves. David is saying, don't bother them or put too much talk in their life, but folk by focusing on their life, that they are growing in power, that they are growing in influence. Look at their confidence, look at their wealth. While the righteous in the land were just scraping along, barely making it, David is saying, don't even bother a minute looking at them. Come out of the short view, come out of the bitter life. And he is showing us through this psalm to live a best life that God has promised us. People who are discouraged in life have always asked the familiar questions. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do the righteous suffer? Why are they being deprived of good things in life while the wicked prosper? When sad and terrible things happen to the Christians, what should you do? Rather than rebel or wallow in self-pity and enviously looking at others, we must look upon God and follow his counsel. 
Psalm 37 has wise biblical counsel for the believer who is discouraged because he has a short view and his discouragement has led him to a bitter life. So how do you end up having a short view of life? When you take your eyes off of God, you will worry and fret. That is guaranteed. You might say outside, oh, I don't worry, I don't fret. But inside, your nerves are beating in high speed. You will become envious. You might paint a beautiful picture that you are not envious or jealous about anyone. 100%, you cannot paint that picture before the mighty God. When you look at and compare yourself to others, you will become upset and end up worrying about everything. About to the point where that you worry even about how God has created you, how God has made you to be born in a family, how God has given you a man in your life, a woman in your life who belongs to him. You look at everything God has blessed you with, with a different mindset and you worry about everything in your life. And not only that, you even worry about how God has blessed you with your children that you possess in your hand because your eyes are wandering away. A Christian who is known as being a warrior is a poor testimony. By this constant worrying, they are sending out a message to others around them, to a weak Christian, to a new Christian, to the unbelievers. And the message is this, God is unable to cope with my problems. He is not big enough or he's big enough. He is big enough, but my faith is too small. I cannot bring myself to trust his power and willingness. This is the message we are sending to the people around us when we give in to worry. But David has made up his mind. He was going to place his, his full weight on the Lord's faithfulness. Come what may. And this is the kind of trust that brings healing to a troubled heart. The middle of a race is no time to stop running and evaluate where you stand. Christians are called to have a long view and not a short view. If you are a Christian, you are not called into a race to stop. You are called into a race to keep running no matter what comes in your path, no matter what you face in this life. No matter how many blows you take, no matter how many days you go out of bread, no matter how many days you are with clothing like Paul says, no matter what. I have to run the race. I am not called. Christian's calling is not to stop in the middle of a race, but Christian calling is to keep running towards the cross until we die. We don't take rest. Christians cannot take rest. Christians cannot stop. That is what we see in the psalm. We, we stop from a race so often. And we keep our eyes on the wicked and what goes, we go fall into worry, we fall into envy, we fall into fear. This is not a time for us to stop. The time, that moment you accepted Christ, your clock is ticking to keep running, keep running, keep running until you reach the finish line, until you take your final breath in this world. That is what a Christian is called, to run a race and to run it well. Don't fret, don't worry, don't envy, don't be jealous. 
you just keep long view of life and you keep running the race that god has set before you and don't worry about the traps the workers of iniquity have laid in the way don't stop god will show you the way around them they wave over them and even the way under them and you will inherit the earth and you will have an abundance of peace when you stop you are putting your brain and your flesh to work but when you don't stop you are putting your faith to work that is the difference between stopping and keep running the apparent prosperity of the wicked should never distract the righteous from appreciating the providence of god in the present and anticipating the prosperity of god in the future if one line i can summarize this psalm that is what it is we are not going to be like the dead grass we are going to be like a shining light if we don't stop and have a short view of life and end up in a bitter life stay focused on the finish line don't be distracted by giving into your worry or fear don't don't be distracted and stop and use your brain no once we become a christian you are a second in command you are not a first in command keep in mind that is what the psalm is teaching us god is first in command don't be distracted stay focused towards your finish line towards the goal that god has placed in your life when you stop and when you get distracted there you go you will fall into the traps of the enemy you will give into worry you will give into fear you will give into envy and you will be jealous about other success this is about an orphanage the this orphanage was rescuing children right off the street they would bring the children of the street in, into the orphanage clean them up and care for them the problem was the children could not sleep at night often they would cry way into the late hour late hours of the night it finally dawned on someone what to do because they were already well fed well clean they were given the comfort of a new bed they were given everything but still that the children used to cry late hours in the night they figured out the children were so used to going to bed hungry that they were living in fear of tomorrow they were okay now but would they be okay tomorrow night so the orphanage came up with the plan every night when they were tucked into bed each child was given a large bread roll that he or she could tuck under the pillow it would be there during the night if they would get hungry it would be there in the morning as a reassurance of the loving care that was available to them from that night on the crying stopped the children went right to bed and in this passage david is telling us as children of god that you never have to go to bed at night wondering whether or not god will be there for you to face your tomorrow you have a mighty god with you and moreover you have this tremendous word the life giving bread with you so rest be assured your god is going to be there for you tomorrow so do not worry do not fret about tomorrow dwell in the dwell with your god dwell in the land and enjoy safety trust in the lord and do good dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture 
that is what david is asking us to do yes we were once orphans but not anymore we have a great daddy who has purchased us with this beautiful robe of righteousness who has purchased us with the precious blood that that he bled on the cross for us we are no more orphans we don't have to go to bed worrying about tomorrow because on top of everything that he has done on the cross he has given us the mighty holy spirit with us and on top of that he has given us this tangible word this life giving bread to us so that we don't have to worry or fear about tomorrow we just need to dwell with him and enjoy the safe pasture that he has promised us when david wrote this psalm he has seen a lot of life he had already experienced careers as a fugitive as a warrior as a shepherd and as a king that's why he goes on to say and in one of the verses he's saying i have been young and i have been old and i have never seen a righteous begging for bread and nor his children in his heart though he would always be a shepherd he remembered what it was like to lead his flock through the good and the bad the word feed is the identical term used for feeding a domestic animal instead of allowing ourselves to be troubled worried or led astray by our circumstances david is urging us to feed like humble sheep on the faithfulness of your mighty god he is saying feed on your god only when you feed on your god you will not stop your race only when you feed on the faithfulness of god you will not give in to worry you will not give in to anxiety you will not be troubled by any circumstances so feed on the faithfulness of god have you ever watched sheep how they how they eat they don't grab a quick breakfast and run off in a thousand different directions as we do grazing takes time they stay at it trusting the shepherd to protect them from predators and lead them along to fresh pasture when they need to move and the sheep what they do what do they do the entire day they eat they rest they eat they rest they eat they rest and they are not running off in thousand different direction and that is the message david is giving us through the psalm to the troubled hearts just stay near to the lord don't run here and there talking to this person and that person stay in his word talk to the lord every time you think of it and you rest in him resting in the lord is accomplished through difficult okay give me a second my computer is running into a problem it is rebooting all of a sudden
Resting in the Lord is accomplished through trusting, delighting, and committing to him. If we have first accomplished these three things, then resting in him is very easy. When we trust in the Lord, we find rest because God has become our place of refuge in times of trouble. We can rest because we have found a shoulder to lean on when our bodies and spirits become weak. We can rest because God is there to stand on when the ground underneath us begins to give way. When we delight in the Lord, we find rest because our thoughts have become more in line with his thoughts. We can rest because looking through his eyes, everything becomes much clearer. That is why in the Psalm, he says repeatedly that we should get rid of the short view and we need to have a long view. When we commit to the Lord, we find rest because we know that we no longer have to worry about the sin that is in our lives. When we commit to our Lord, our lives, we don't have to worry about our life, what problems we are facing, what our children are going through, what our finances is, what our health is. We are called just to run the race and not to focus on anything else. And verse 8 and 9, he says, stop from anger and forsake wrath. He says, refrain from anger and turn from your wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. He's saying victory belongs to God. Not only this verse, I don't want to go with all the verses, but he says again and again and again, what is the results of the wicked people? And what, is the, what are the results of the righteous? That he gives a great comparison in the psalm and he says victory belongs to God. So those who trust in the Lord can hold on to him in confidence. The reason why you and I should be optimists is because we serve a God who is in control. I often think about the early church and the culture in which it did not only survive, but thrive. Whenever my faith used to be down, I used to go and read about martyrs. I used to read about great men and women of God. I used to read about missionaries who gave their life for Christ. And every time I read, read that, my faith will rise up hundredfold. And why I'm sharing that with you is, what you are going through in life is nothing. Your God is victorious. Your God is a God who will move mountains. Your God is a God who is faithful, will not leave you. Don't give in to worry. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to anxiety. That is of the enemy. So I just want to share here, you know, when I think about the early church and the culture and how it survived, not only survived, but it thrived. Most early Christians lived within the bounds of the Roman Empire where there were persecutions. It was literally in national sport to throw the Christians. To the lions as cheering crowds, watch them to be torn apart. The Roman roads were often lined with crosses on which Christians hung because they would not denounce Christ. The government was completely hostile towards Christianity and anyone who was a follower of Christ. And yet it was during this time of enormous opposition the church grew from just 120 believers to untold thousands. So why I'm saying this too is, 
you when you are going through something when you don't go and give in to worry when you just keep pushing and thriving in your in your situations your faith is going to uh, to rise up into many thousands fold and through that many are going to be blessed i just want to assure you that our god who we serve is unstoppable it does not matter how much opposition there is god is in control and he will have his way god is in control no matter how things look he will have the final way then this is our hope and confidence and keep putting your confidence in christ concentrate on the good that god has done for you don't stop don't be distracted by the wicked don't worry just keep running your race don't go down the path of negativity and failure god is faithful no matter what the situation is he will never forget you we may forget the things that he has done for us when we are going through tough times but god will never forget his children this is a story of japan and i want you to listen carefully because often times we christians fall the same place where japan fell in 1923 japan was struck with an earthquake that was called by the new york tribune the greatest disaster in recorded time here are the statistics it covered 45000 square miles hit five large cities with a combined population of over 7 million this is in 1923 every building in yokohama was destroyed 3/4 of tokyo was burned 300000 died and 2.5 million were left homeless disease and despair rode throughout the nation then help came and most of it came from the us food clothing medicine workers by the shipload us sent to help japan the american red cross collected 10 million dollars for the suffering japanese in 1923 the japanese were very very grateful their newspaper carried headlines that read in all caps in bold letters japan will never forget but she did forget in fact 18 years later she bombed the pearl harbor in a sneak attack that cost many lives but are the japanese the only ones who overlooked the past and its mercies that he had received from the us of course not we are also same like that we have overlooked our past we have overlooked the mercies that the lord has provided us we were we have overlooked the grace the mighty god has provided us we have overlooked the favor he has provided us we have overlooked many times what he has done for us in jeremiah chapter 20 verse 32 says long ago the lord said of israel my people have forgotten me days without number so how have you forgotten what your god has done for you if you are at the place of worry if you are at the place of envy if you are at the place of jealousy if you are at the place of fear if you are at the place of anxiety it means you forgot same like the japanese same like the israelites when you got his mercy when you got his favor when you got his grace you said i will never forget but 18 years down the road japanese not only forgot but they attacked the us 
And the same way as days go by, we not only forget, but we live a slothful Christian life, a lazy Christian life that attacks our Christian walk, that attacks Christ. Why, they, why are they talking so much in the social media about Christians and Christ? Why are they mocking? It is because of you and me. We have led them to attack our Christ. We have led them to attack the word of God. So how can you fall into the trap like the Israelites? How can you avoid the short view? How can you get out of bitter life? The answer is your faith should take the supreme place in your heart and mind. When faith reigns, Supreme, when faith reigns supreme in our hearts, fretting takes a back seat, envy takes a back seat, short view takes a back seat, bitter life takes a back seat, fear vanishes, the temptation to give up disappears, and the memory of God's love stays fresh in our minds. So, is your faith supreme in your heart and mind? Then the Psalms move, the Psalms move from the wicked to the righteous man. And it encourages to get rid of the short view and to increase, encourages us to have a long view looking at a righteous life. I love verse 37. Don't put your eyes on the rich and the powerful of this age. Put your eyes on those who are rich in their relationship with God and mirror his character. That's where the future lies. That is one of the version it says. The sizzling and latest complaint we hear in the Christian circle is not about the evil. It's not what the enemy is doing to rob their joy and faith. The sizzling and latest complaint is it. It's hard to find people who are living a Christian life. I agree that we are all not perfect, but look for people who are standing strong for the Lord in their faith. Look for people who have the holy conviction. Look for people in whose life the mighty Holy Spirit is evident. There are still tons of people out there who live this kind of faithful life. You know, what if we've lived during the life of Adam, Noah, Abraham, Lot, Moses, David, Solomon, Elijah, Peter, and the disciples. We could find fault in every man of God. None of them were perfect. Adam fell when he partook the, uh, the, the fruit from his wife. Noah fell in when he got drunk after the flood. Abraham fell when he listened to Sarah on the matter of Hagar. Lord fell when he went to Sodom. Moses, Moses fell when he smote the rock instead of speaking to it. Aaron fell when he made a golden calf for Israel to worship. David fell when he sinned with Bathsheba. Solomon fell because he gave his heart to foreign women. Elijah fell in when he ran for Jezebel because of fear. Peter fell when he denied the Lord three times. The disciple fell when they feared and hid after Christ's death. But this verse is asking us not to look for perfect people. Definitely, we need to turn our eyes away from people who are doing publicity and trying to put a Christian show. But this psalm is encouraging us to turn our eyes from the wicked to the righteous. And in this psalm, it talks about, in verse 16, that it talks about a righteous man. Verse 23, it talks about a good man. Verse 37, it talks about a man who is upright and blameless. And if we were applied to this, uh, we were to apply this form of a New Testament view, we might say the righteous man is in verse 16. It's a man that has been saved and has the righteousness of God. The good man is not only man who is saved, but a man who allows the Lord to lead and direct him through life. The blameless and upright man is a man who not only has the righteousness of God, not only does he allow the Lord to lead him and guide him, but he has reached to a a level of maturity in the Christian life so that the things that might offend the righteous man 
and the good man will not even come between his fellowship with the Lord. No matter what trials, what fires, what demons he is facing, the blameless man and the upright man remains unmovable because they are rich in their relationship with God. But remember that this man is still growing as not reached spiritual maturity. He will fall, but the Lord will uphold him and raise him up. So the question is, are your steps being ordered by the Lord? Do you delight in the will and the way of the Lord for your life? Have you fallen? And have you risen back up to get back in the fight? Where does that places you? And that is what I have for tonight. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful word, Lord, that you have shared with us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, the psalm is full of wisdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord, there is a better way, Lord. That we don't have to live, Lord, with this bitter life. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you, Father. Lord, we want to take some time, Father, Lord, and just, Lord, confess, Father. Lord, we have forgotten you, Lord, all the wonderful miracles, Lord, that your hand has done for us. Lord, so, so often, Lord, we forget it, Father. Lord, so often, Lord, Lord, we, Lord, look at what you have done in other people's lives, Lord, and Lord, our hearts, Lord, have grown, oh, Father, Lord, with envy and jealousy, Lord. Lord, please forgive us, Lord. Lord, at times, oh, Father, Lord, we have taken our eyes, Lord, away from you, Lord. And instead, Lord, our hearts have been filled with, Lord, fretting, uh, oh, Father. Lord, we've been, Lord, so anxious and, Lord, so worried because, Lord, we have taken our eyes away from you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we have stopped, oh, Father, Lord, from running this race, Lord. And instead, Lord, we've looked elsewhere, oh, Father, Lord. Please forgive us one more time, oh, Father. Lord, please forgive us, Lord, for the times, Lord, when we have, Lord, compared ourselves, Lord, with other people, oh, Father. Lord, looking at their titles, Lord, their positions, Lord, and Lord, this totally, Lord, forgetting, Lord, all the wonderful blessings, Lord, that you have lavished us with, Lord. So, Lord, at this time, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would, Lord, help us to go back, Lord, to Lord, to our first love, of Father. Lord, yes. as we learn today, of Father, Lord, we are no longer our orphans, Lord. We can cry, Lord, as Abba, Father, Lord, and come back to you, your Father. And we can rest, Lord, in your pastures, so Father. Lord, thank you, Lord, that we can, Lord, delight you, Lord, in you, Father, and feed upon your word, oh, Father. Thank yes. you, Lord, that we can trust in you, Lord, commit our ways upon you, Father, and just rest in your presence, oh, Father. So, Lord, we just ask, God, that you do it for us, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for the wonderful, Lord, witnesses, Lord, that we have, Lord, all the martyrs, Lord, that we heard about, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are surrounded by such great cloud of witness, Lord, Lord, you have provided for us, Lord. Yes. Help us to keep our eyes only upon you, Father. Lord, help us not to look to the left or to the right, Father. Keep us focused, Lord. Keep us focused, Father. Lord, at this time, Lord, we also want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for all the wonderful leaders, Lord, that you have blessed us in this group of Father. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for Ruby Auntie, Lord, for all the Lord sisters, Bina, Caroline, Esther, Grace, Lily, Rachel, Rena, Seble, Shalini, Melonia, Vinodini, and Vivia, and brothers, Joseph, Justin, and Vailraj. Thank you, Lord, for giving us these shepherds, the Father, Lord, to guide your flock, of Father. I pray, Lord, that they will operate, the Father, Lord, in your power, of Father, yes, as they, Lord, share their wisdom, Lord, as they share, Lord, Lord, the burden of the flock, Lord, as they spend time in prayer for us, of Father. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord. Bless each one of us, as Lord, as we have heard your word, Lord. Help us to go and implement it now, of Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.